What's up, guys? Back again with the North American Weed Tour podcast. I'm Mitch Pfeiffer. And I'm JP, man. Checking in. How are you guys doing? Man, I'm hot today. I was just telling you right before we started, the weather, at least on my phone, said like 72 degrees is the high today, and I dressed accordingly, and it was overcast this morning. It was like 86 and sunny before 5 p.m., so I'm over so, here uh, just a little hot, C- man. Seattle got you with the Seattle Shake and Bake on the summer and August 4th, my man. Yeah, I felt bad. I sent my son to daycare in jeans today, too, so I know he was going through it. But, you know, it's whatever. I'm not going to complain about bad weather being in Seattle. That that would seem pretty ironic to do. So. Shoot, man. Yeah, especially not especially in the summer, man. It's a it's a beautiful uh, it's a beautiful time uh, to be in Seattle. I'm in L.A. It was 105 degrees today in L.A. I was in Vegas a few days ago. It was another 110 degree couple days out there. Um Wild. We've got a special guest today. We've got uh, the fam from Toki, so we're going to be bringing them on. So big shout out to the Toki fam. Um, got some products to review. Uh, Want to talk to you guys a little bit about Vegas and what I just experienced out there in the market. But before we get into some of those juicy details, Mitch, what are you smoking on? Man, I just showed you. You know, I got a I got a big bag. I don't necessarily want to go through every. Show me the one that you're rolling up. I don't want to see all of them. So people can go subscribe to the YouTube to go see the rest of the reviews. Well, I, I, I'll give I'll give you two because I haven't decided which one I'm gonna roll up. But the the Lemonder Fuel from SPR Seattle's Private Reserve. Yeah, cross, that's a no brainer. They crossed their Lemonder with Jet Fuel, and so the Lemonder. You know me. I'm not even a sativa guy. I'm you know lemon strains. I'm real hit or miss on. But the Lemonder was always a solid choice this is like a crazy crazy like i don't know lemon times jet fuel that's what it smells like i'm excited to see what this one tastes like and then the other one i pinched a little nug out of this the other day and had a little one because i had to try it but the runts 41 from uh lucky Lucky loose up here in washington they are doing some i don't know how well we can see it i mean you were making fun of the nugs It's, it's it's some it's some real runcy small small little baby nugs but Man, it just has a really good, like, gassy, doughy, bland. It's like, I don't know, it's kind of that runts when it's like real runts, but it's almost like bland when I know it's like, oh, when I smoke this, it's going to be crazy. You know, I don't mean bland in a bad way. I just have a hard time describing scent sometimes, but it's potent, but it's, it's not. I like mean, it's, it's smooth. It's creamy. It's got this sherbiness to it. There um, you go. It's, it's, it's over. It's a really, like, boastful smell but it's not overwhelmingly anything i guess that's what i mean by bland it's real neutral so okay you know i'm coming in you know i'm coming in with the cure company exclusives man i got the sherb mints and the marathon og uh uh, you know being that it was my birthday yesterday i went and picked up a couple eighths of the marathon og i had to pick up a couple eighths of some cure lotto some sherb mints so i'm gonna roll up some of that today i'm gonna take dropping dropping shit almost breaking shit uh, and then also I'm going to do some dabs. We're going to do a, uh, we're going to do a dab on the go today. When we bring Drew on from Toki, I'm going to do some buddies crumble dabs, this gelati that I got. We're going to do that in the, uh, the five ten wax cartridge. You ever heard wax cartridge? Look at this super dope. Twist it on right to your battery. You're going to do a dab on the go out of that. And I got to crack this too. Look at this. The new flavor. The new flavor, right? Strawberry kiwi from Pat. Yeah. Haven't tried it. Man, 
that's such a smart move for them to get into cannabis. You know, from from what we've heard, right, from some of our sources, like a lot of these major craft beer players are going to get into the cannabis market very soon. They're they're on wow. their way in. But big salute to Paps for being one of the you know the first that I know of in terms of a big. Uh, beer brand that got into weed while keeping their branding. And you and I both know the Paps brand. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest brands in in beer that I know of. Even though it is a, a more budget, a value brand, it is a major b- brand with the... Uh, Every college kid in America right. has heard about PBR, and I'm probably one of the minority few... That has never shotgunned one of those beers, and I'm a college graduate. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where, too, I'll be honest, though, I don't like the taste of beer. I can taste kiwi. I taste the earthiness of the strawberries in this. And mm. so when I think of, you know, me and my taste test, when I think of the taste test and the score and the one sip review and the two drinks to talk about, I 10 of 10, I recommend this, bro. Okay. This tastes more real. This tastes like more real strawberries and kiwis than anything from Gatorade I've ever tried in my life. Okay. This tastes, it tastes like there's actual fruit in here. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's really fire. It's really fire. That's a bull okay. case. The seltzer game, you know, in, in the alcohol segment is is major. And then obviously cannabis, it's growing, you know, down there in California. The, you know, I think can is the number one beverage. So the seltzers are taking over that market. It hasn't really yeah. quite penetrated in Washington to that level yet. Um, but it's obviously, I mean, it's low calorie, it's bright. Everyone's drinking fucking LaCroix. And then when people are drinking, everyone, dude, drinking all like, these oh. truly seltzers, like there's yeah, the Corona like, seltzers, oh. there's the, the Heineken ones. There's all these other brands now. I we mean, got the, we got the San Juan Island seltzers up here and that's a hella big thing in, up, up in this area. So I don't know. I doubt, I don't know if they're down there, but no, nah, come on, man. Everybody's got a seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do a review on this real quick, too. I wanted, I'm, I'm going to smoke the Cure Company on the episode and shit while we're, while we're interviewing Drew, but I'm going to get this, this one lit up. Uh, I labeled it incorrectly on the, uh, the, the description because I thought it was a Stingy OG. It's actually the Churros. Um, but this is, you know, Burner, one of Burner's business partners, Stingy. This is his little pre-roll groups that he had. He was in the medical market before. Now he's in rec. It's usually for sale just at a bunch of the cookie stores and some of their exclusive partners. But I'll be honest, I've smoked like four, maybe five of these different strains that they've dropped, and they all taste decent. What is what, is it the Stingy pre-roll? That's what it's called, Stingy? Yeah, it's called Stingies. Okay. And so it's got a little cookies vibes crutch. Okay, cookie fam. Churro, Southwest Caregivers. 16.17% THT packaged on February 12th. This is a low quality product. Let's just let's just call it what it is. This is not this is a $25 two pack of joints that are overpriced. What's it taste like? Tastes like spicy peppery paper. And and old weed. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, but see, you win some, you lose some. I mean, this is another classic example of a cookies-related product. It's just not really hitting the cut. You think packaged on February means grown in 2020. Yeah. So we're approaching, you know, so, eight months. Yeah, pa- yeah, packaged on February. Yeah, you're... Packaged on February 12th. This is approaching eight months. Uh, it's already older than eight months for sure. 
in terms of like how long just it's been growing or touching air, breathing and shit like that. But yeah, um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, none of the stingy joints I bought were very good. So I'll probably pass on buying them ever again. Hmm. And I think that's a good segue for us. I know Drew's waiting here in the studio with us. People creating quality products, people engineering quality products, people having a dedication to a true premium, if not luxury item. When you establish a brand, you really got to make sure that you set the bear and set it up here because you you don't, if you go down, you never get those people back. I mean, that's where today I'd like everybody, you know, watching the show. We really appreciate you guys. We've got a special guest today, Drew Henson, the founder of Toki. Let me bring him in here right now for us all. I want to bring him on here. Say thank you, brother, for being with us on the show. Very excited to have you, man. Yo, thank you for having me. Excited to be here, 100%. You, you are, uh, when we first met, we met in LA. Uh, we connected, you know, through the interwebs and stuff with your team. Um, people here in LA may not be familiar with, you know, who you are, what you do, or the Toki brand, and, and kind of like, my intro was real big on quality and a dedication to that kind of premium experience, right? And that's really what you and I talked about when we first met was you have this, you want to, you, you create things to help people. And so could you kind of talk to me and Mitch and introduce yourself as to like who you are, what you do and why you're passionate about just creating things that help people? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a, a mixed heritage background and an, an interesting place. You know, I, I come from a family of love and, and when you come from a situation like that, you you grow up wanting to help people and wanting to make things better, you know? And I ultimately, my my passion in life was related to motorsports, to engineering. Uh, I wanted to be in Formula One technology design. That was the, that was the path that I took. I ended up uh, getting an undergraduate degree in engineering physics uh, that I paired with uh, a master's in industrial design from Milan in Italy. And now I'm on a quest to try and bring Dyson level technology that has craftsmanship background that really stays true to, you know, the roots of where we're coming from. And what I mean by that is the consumption devices and this mm -hmm. the premium craftsmanship that there's, there's glass blowers that have crazy ability. There's pipe makers that have crazy ability. There's paper makers that have crazy ability and joint rollers that have crazy ability. And I want to respect that level of craftsmanship, but, when it comes to the electronic delivery systems that are going to bring, you know, the cannabis consumption culture into the next millennia or century for that matter. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you started this company uh, at what time, in what time of your life? Where was this 10 years ago, five years ago? Tell me a little bit about when, when you guys started my, you know, started Toki and kind of got into um, crafting, crafting <laughs> these devices. So, to, to understand that, I'll take you back a little bit further. So my dream of actually designing F1 Tech, I, I moved to Indianapolis for a year where I worked in the Indy series with um, with Derek Walker and had, as a great mentor. And then we basically hit the recession hit like everywhere else. And I, got, I went back to Canada where my brother had started a nightclub that I ended up running, but it just ended up, it wasn't for me. The alcohol industry and that side of things really wasn't where I wanted to put my focus and my energy. And I just discovered that. So I went back to school, um, really trying to figure out how to take the theory that was given to me from my engineering into creating actual products. Um, while I was there, there was a competition held by Formula One ultimately to design the most advanced 
uh, innovation you could think of for Renault's car at that time. And so they sponsored the competition. Uh, I ended up coming kind of about an unofficial fourth in the world. They flew me over to Endstone to defend against the other top 10 in the world. I made a really slick system about that moves the ballast weight of an F1 car around, but technically with no moving parts. It mm. leveraged uh, magnetic fluids, and it was awesome. I I, I felt validated. That's that, so cool. You know, it was it was it was pretty dope, man. I'm not gonna lie. I, 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 I <laughs> hey, no need to be, no need to be modest on this, man. If you guys are <laughs> you know you you were brought in, the challenge was presented for you to craft a unique innovation to help no. push their culture forward. Yeah, but so to bring this to a cannabis conversation, however, that idea spawned on me after the local the local cafe dude used to hook me up with hash all the time. So in Milan, it's actually pretty difficult in Italy to get your hands on weed unless you know somebody who grows it directly. But hash in Europe is much much easier to get your hands on. And so one of the most beautiful things from being over there was just learning all these different cultures, including how people smoke hash. What's really funny is how people roll joints, for example. When I rolled a joint, the normal way I, I think with the glue on top to start, and you know, and you tuck over, and then you tuck over, I had all these people being like looking at me funny, being like, yo, you're rolling your joint backwards. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but they flip it around so that they can rip off the extra paper after and they do it proper. So it was just super interesting to see all these various parts of culture. But I just remember this one night I was in my kitchen and I just I man, we went, I went, I went, I learned this new technique for rolling hash and it was a very successful night that evening because I came up with that plan. And then when the when the judge, who was the lead R&D officer at Renault F1, was like, where did you come up with that? I was like, oh, I was in my kitchen having a beer. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, but it touches on a real point that yeah. I couldn't be honest about where the creativity and the passion came from. Mm. Yeah, and, it could have changed the perception. You know, absolutely. And so... These are kind of the, the, the things that have been in my life that affect how I see cannabis and how I want to help the world perceive it in a much better and a much acceptable place. And it just become the norm. You know, I'm very lucky to be in Canada right now where it's fully legal and I can invest all my time in trying to legitimately advance consumption technology to a place where we can get to medical for general consumer grade. And that's kind of, you know, People deserve that level of that level of that level of pump. So, after that, I uh, moved to London, England, where I designed action cameras for about six years for a company called mm -hmm. Drift Innovation. Became their director of design, running all their design and engineering. Put about six cameras to market with another twenty accessories or so for 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 hundreds of thousands of units. Flew back and forth from China sixty times in the last decade, and uh, we've built our own dedicated project team now in China. So Toki's actually been founded by my product design studio. So after I left the cameras, I founded my own studio here in Toronto. Um, fun fact though, from the camera place is that we got a phone call from NASA one day because they had bought mm -hmm. my cameras off the shelf and they just, they just love them <laughs> and they wanted to bring them to the International Space Station. So there's actually still six cameras there today that the astronauts use. Um, That's so dope. Yeah, that was that was that was that was dope. I'm not gonna lie, that one was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, you know, I, I learned a lot along the way. Actually, I learned a lot from an Angelino, my one of my big design mentors and brothers in life, uh, is a uh, gentleman by the name of Josh Warner. So he's actually got Good Art Hollywood down in Los Angeles, and he's a jewelry maker. But you know, just really learning 
about craftsmanship from craftspeople and and then how to apply that to to my craft you know i mean he's he's some next level craziness i mean this is a pure silver pipe that this man has created um and that will smoke out of but you know when these are the people that you're challenging yourself against you you just can't really put shit out <laughs> is, I it's, guess the point it's tough that. yeah um so yeah, fast forward. Now we got my own studio, 22B, uh, T-W-E-N-T-Y, the number two, the letter B. It's a place where I can create technology, where I can focus on products between art design and technology. And ultimately, we're a product design studio. And like anybody else, at some point in time, you say, I'm tired of making other people money. Mm -hmm. And um, we went to work on what kind of technology we could create to help people. Mm -hmm. uh, this, so Toki is our second startup from it. We had a previous one called Seam Technic, which is personal safety technology, the literal definition of how we can help people. And now we're, we're, we're moving to expand our horizons a bit. And so what know, were some of those items you did with that, with that, with that launch? So I that, I don't think you told me about that. Yeah. So that company um, is called the Lotus and it's called Seam Technic. So Seam is the digital, uh, the digital connection between people. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to help people like imagine a realtor or a loan workers like an Uber driver who are by themselves all the time. There's a, we felt we could advance technology to help them stay connected and safe. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes you're right, but being right, but ahead of your time isn't necessarily a good place to be either sometimes. And so <laughs> 100%. Uh, it's, uh, it ended up getting into Best Buy and selling through. Um, and we had some really great wins with it. We supported the Canadian Women's Foundation. Uh, and I really liked that. I liked that initiative a lot. And it's still around now. You can download the app. Uh, it allows you to share and s record what you see, what you hear, and where you are. Because th there's Find My Friends, there's Life360, but that's saying I'm here and red flag. It's not saying I'm here and here's the context so that you understand how to help me. And we were trying to overcome that barrier. Love yeah. it. I love it. So you have this, when the more I hear you talk about these different things that you've done, um, you approach life with a whole unique vision uh, with how you go about doing things. Everything from the way you do business, I would assume the type of people you align with, and particularly, obviously, the things that you create using mm -hmm. your using your skill set and your experience um obviously you know you've been talking about traveling places and you know mitch i know you're listening here a lot feel free to chime in but my one of my next questions here and i was really excited about this one is how does your experience from the world we live in right now from where you're at you know you're in toronto correct yeah how does your experience living in toronto ultimately translate into some of the specific features we see in the things that you create you know, everything from the current Toki battery to the portable chargers to the seam product you were just mentioning. Um, is there anything from Toronto specifically or from your travels that you can, that you pulled from? Well, from a brand perspective, the products that we create, which we'll get into, they're based in wireless charging technology, which is mm -hmm. QI wireless charging technology, technically pronounced cheap, but I've adopted that and we're from Toronto. And it's QI wireless technology. So the name Toki is actually a rip on the combination of where we come from mm -hmm. and our initial approach to the, to the industry. From Toronto itself, I feel as though there's a large learning 
to be had around acceptance and cultures genuinely merging together and appreciating each other. Coming from one of the most multicultural cities on the planet, you learn a lot from other people. And so in that regard, there's a couple of tricks in here that I've learned from other people as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a device that heats up, for example, making the whole body out of metal isn't necessarily gonna give your user the most great experience when the whole thing heats up repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you wanted to shift to a plastic-based design, how do you use a plastic polymer while retaining a premium feel for the user and a premium experience for the user? Um, and so some of those things, also I'm a bit of a germaphobe and some of the design has, uh, some of us caught that as well. Canada, Toronto super clean place. So maybe, maybe that's a little bit of it. But for example, if the device that will show the body is actually thinner than the edges. So when I leave it on a table, the whole device is floating off of the ground, uh, stays a lot cleaner. We, we introduced, uh, cartridge holders to help keep your carts off the ground and keep your tips cleaner amongst a whole slew of other reasons. And so... You know, I'm really fortunate to be in a really clean place that allows me to uh, execute these ideas that way. You got, and just so you're, and I know, I know you know this, but so everybody watching this knows the ability to lay your your vape battery, you know, whether it's a, uh, a battery like this, a cheapy one, or whether it's something that's more premium in nature, like the Tokis, I'm sorry, like this box, like the Tokis, um, the ability to lay it on the side and have it sit in a way where it doesn't leak is very important. The ability to have it sitting on the side and not have the mouthpiece touching something dirty, very important. How often do people have this sitting on their lap while they're driving, they get out of the car, it falls on the ground, and obviously the mouthpiece probably hits for a second, but then it just lays there on the cement, in the gas station, on the road, in the dirt, whatever it is. At least with the Toki, you are going to have a degree of separation between the true mouthpiece touching on the ground. And to me, that makes a big difference because when I'm operating with live resin, I'm not trying to have that live resin get any dirty at all. My, my, my vape carts are 50 a gram. You know, yeah. I know a lot, of gra- not a lot of good quality vape carts are even more expensive than that. So uh, I think it's definitely super important to, to be able to have some of those features. Now, um, I would love it if you wouldn't mind. I'd love it if we walked through some of the some of the yeah. Toki products. Um, yeah, this is this is the good part. Um, yeah, absolutely, brother. So <laughs> we have that which you're holding, which is kind of our core device. It's our Toki Five Ten, our flagship battery. So it's a vaporizer battery for Five Ten cartridges. It has effectively my my approach here was. You know, look, look, I'll be, I'll be straight with you. I came up smoking concentrates as butter was made, as those things were made, the original, you know, G pens with the, with that you had those micro G's and all those things mm-hmm. to smoke this stuff. And the, then it graduated to disposables and coming from a place where you want to help the world, throwing out disposables is really not an ethos I can get down with. We don't even make like t-shirts for anybody outside of our team because we don't really believe in creating swag at our brand that's just going to end up being thrown out. It's just not, it's not who we are. And so with the device, a couple of things happened. I think a lot about how to digitize the analog smoking experience. It's really at the core of a lot of what I do. How do you retain the feel, the touch, the experience, the, 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 the joy of, of, of smoking that way. And mm-hmm. 
what I found was, of course, and it sounds obvious, but you're converting fire into power. You're converting, you know, porcelain and ceramic bowls and glass bowls into these devices. How does that, how does that get retained? But one of the things is that you take for granted is usually you have a lighter. Usually somebody else has a lighter or usually somebody has matches. And if that's not the case, you can borrow it from somebody else. But mm -hmm. in the case of being able to borrow it and let's just say, I don't know, their lighter didn't work with your thumb type. Like shit like that doesn't happen in the real world. <laughs> and so if you have a device that you can't charge while you're out because you don't have the same cables everybody else has or it doesn't charge the same way all your other shit charges, it just seemed like the dumbest thing to me. Mm -hmm. So that was really where I started was that uh, cannabis is really a part of my creative process. And, you know, I'm married now and a lot of my designing is done during the day. But back when it was done three o'clock in the night, four o'clock at night and just those all nighter design sessions, if your battery dies, waiting for it to charge for 45 minutes is a fucking pain in the ass, man. Yeah, you're probably going to sleep at that point. <laughs> yeah, you're done, bro. And so... And then also being the friend at the concert who brings the weed, but then it's dead. And now everybody hates you. Yeah, I've been there before too. Oh so, man, God, I hate <laughs> that. I hate that. So all these things really amounted to one thing is that my phone in my pocket, I carry it with me, but I don't suffer any of these problems. And I use it way more than my vape device. Why? Because it has a proper powertrain. So the first step I took was taking the powertrain from a mobile device and slamming it into a vaporizer. And that gave us the first vaporizer with wireless charging, USB-C mm. charging, rapid charging. So it actually charges at 2C versus 1C, which is a bit technical, but said another way, it charges twice as fast as PAX. <laughs> um, um, so it's, got, um, in, it's got intelligent power as well. So one of the things about a disposable battery is typically you're not told either the voltages or the temperature it burns at. And some, you're, there's a good conversation to be had that a lot of people don't know why batteries' temperatures are reported in voltage. Um, so typically speaking, if you fire off a cart, it's not going to go from zero to the necessary you know, 215 degrees Fahrenheit instantly. There's a temperature range. So the first time you fire it, it's going to range up, and then it's going to hit a maximum that it's held at, hopefully, and then you're gonna have to decrease it. So what ends up happening with cheaper batteries, unfortunately, is as they die, the battery won't actually be able to hold its reported charge, which means mm -hmm. it won't be able to do 215. It'll do to that for maybe the first 20% of its life. Then the next, it'll be at 180, and then it's dying down to 160. And the biggest problem with that is you need to ensure that cannabinoids and terpenes are activated. You need to ensure that THC is having its process and THCA is being converted. If that's not happening, you're in a big trouble. Bigger problem is CBD has a much higher activation temperature than THC. So you mm -hmm. need to be guaranteeing people that that's also activating if they're using CBD carts. And then you also have to protect yourself from the other extreme, which is now my disposable battery is actually burning too hot. I'm wasting everything. I'm destroying all my terpenes. I have horrible flavor. I have curated the temperature profiles in my device so that at my low temperature, it gets up as fast as possible to 158 degrees Celsius, which is one degree higher than decarboxylization for THC into THC or THCA into THC, um, giving you re retaining as many terpene profiles as it possibly can while giving you that psychoactive yield, which gives you great flavor. It's literally so what you just said 
in a less scientific way <laughs> is that's the lowest possible temperature, a.k.a. low temp, Yeah. for those who are watching. That's the lowest temp possible. Yes, sir. One degree hotter than decarboxylation. Yes. It's genius. Mind blown. So, and that on our device is our cyan blue. So we have three temperatures on, on our device that works similar to other batteries. You tap it three times and you can cycle through. Um, we go cyan into a royal blue into a nice kind of fusion purple. It's kind of our own custom colors. I, I Green, yellow, red is, is stop signs and battery power. For my smoking Yay. experience, I wanted something else. <laughs> mm. Um on my high, you're getting you're getting your CBD activated, but it won't go above 200 degrees Celsius. Or to two, it, it's programmed to not go above 200 degrees Celsius. If people are double blinking, they're putting it at risk of overheating it. But it will still try and cut it around 212 at the max, so that you don't end up with combustion, uh, so that you don't get carcinogens and everything. Otherwise, yeah. it defeats the entire purpose of vaporizing. You might as well uh, be, be smoking a dry herb from the health perspective. Yeah. yeah, or just, you know, keep taking hot dabs and just burning through your dab, oil. Man. Burn that through. <laughs> I got to interject with a question. So what what was the inspiration? I mean, I know you're talking about laying down, but what was the inspiration of, of taking a 510 thread and not going the traditional just rounded battery? Um, what's the thought process to that? <clears throat> the ethos of not needing to create things that already exist. I'm not here to make another... Um, Puffco Peak. I like that device. You know, they're my competitors, but it is good technology. And I'm going to work my ass off to make better technology. But I'm not going to reinvent what other people have done well just to try them edge them out of business because I think I can make this spin a bit better. There's, we, when I designed the 510 format, I actually also designed a closed loop system that most people don't know. And I deaded it. I didn't, I didn't bring it to light. And it was because. I don't want to play a game where only certain people get to smoke only certain things. You know, mm. when it comes to the cannabis industry, it was supposed to be about passed to the left-hand side, you know? And with that in mind, I want to create things differently in a little bit. And in order for me to make a pen that had something different, like wireless charging, I had to figure out how to change its profile. Mm. I can't fit a wireless charging transmission antenna in a pen size. And so I had to design my way out of that hole effectively. Yeah. Interesting. So you had to make a bigger vehicle to actually provide the solution while still actually cutting the power and providing more uh, uh, diverse benefits. Exactly. And wow. so we, we found a lot of um, benefit. The way we designed the wireless charging and our light unit and our light guide um, was was kind of our unique solution that we were literally happy about to 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 make use of. I, I love that because I love you know you mentioned another device that packs and stuff and I like the even though the five ten is you know in my experience I don't understand the size of it it's it's a it's usually five ten uh, systems usually provide better hits um, you can usually get better cartridges you know one gram cartridges the other systems are now allowing you know one gram carts but historically like the 510 was a better but the thing is like when joey showed that cheap pen earlier you know i work at a desk or you know i see you at the you know the little studio set up behind you i come from the studio the studio world 
And those fucking pens, you can't set them down on a fucking table unless it's perfectly flat. They roll everywhere. You can't set it sitting up. And so for me, you know, that was something that stood out for me when I saw the device. I was like, oh, this is the 510, but it's a little bit more functional if I'm working at a a table or like Joey's saying, on the go. You know, you can set it down and it's going to rest there. It's not just you're not going to risk rolling off in between your car seat or behind your desk or something. Yeah, you can sand it straight up because we put a flat edge. It's not its its not its strongest side, but it's definitely a good place to start. And then you can also rest it flat on its other side. So it's not going to go anywhere. Fits nice and slim in your pocket. Um, because of the design, I would probably recommend taking the card out before throwing it in your pocket and going around. Might just give it a little bit longer, but we really believe in what we work on. And we actually provide a one-year warranty on our products as well. So anybody has any problems with it. We have a live phone. You can call my home, Stefano. We our team is awesome. I spend my day blessed with very beautiful, amazing people who really care about what they do. You call Stefano, you guys are probably gonna have a great tack chat, and we'll be talking about whatever it is that's bothering you, and we will fix that shit for you, and we will send you some new shit, and we will make you happy. <laughs> you know, like that's that's how it should be, and and you got to believe in your product to be able to say those things. Cause I'm not worried about losing a ton of money because I know my shit's not going to break on people. So it's yeah. okay. You know? Um, so we started that's with the good. five. That's good when the products don't break, you know, I mean, everybody look at this. I mean, you got to check out the hardware. This is some really quality made. Like this is the dab on the go. This is the five ten wax cartridge. I yep. think, I think we've reached the point in the show where wait is that what time does it say is that i think it says dab 30 is that what it says up there on the clock i think <laughs> i think it's toki dab 30 right now let me i agree let me it's let me get this going clock. i've been charging i've been charging the toki while we were talking in here everybody i'm gonna do a dab on the go using the toki wax cartridge so just check this out you guys he's got one i've got one mitch we're gonna we're gonna take you to we're gonna take you to toki I'll, toki town I'll today Take you to Toki Town. I like it. We're gonna take you to Toki Town today. This is the this is the digital metaverse here. Welcome to my house. This is my Canon crib. We're here, Drew. He's in Toronto. We're we're multi international right now. This is freaking cool. Let me get. I got this buddy's gelati. Nice. Here we go. What are you working with? I got this uh, turf slush. This Kish from Greybeard up in Canada. Ooh. There's some homies from ours up in Ontario. Uh, I got a chance to tour their facility the other day. Phenomenal work. They they make some great screens, like a Afghani drifter and stuff, and they do it justice. Uh, so, if I do remember correctly, mm-hmm. you this the 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 cartridge twists apart into different correct. sections. Correct, three correct. different sections. So you have the bottom right where the coil is, right, and then you've got the middle area, right. With the little tool in it, Mitch. Do you see the tool? The little dab yeah, tool. Yeah, I was curious about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, built in for extra functionality. Come on, man. Yeah. And then you, and then you got the mouthpiece at the top. So I literally can take it apart and scoop out a dab. I ha- actually, you know what? Just because I can, I have a dab on a tool. I'm gonna dab a tool off the dab tool here using a little cool. thing. I remember when yeah, I first met you. You had dabs on your neck, bro. I was like, this guy's about it. <laughs> yeah I, I honestly is a funny story about that uh i got cuffed in vegas for those dabs around my neck oh damn damn <laughs> yeah yeah so you apparently you apparently can get cuffed on the strip for smoking a joint like this much left of a joint and then also they think that this is meth around my neck 
And then the other one, the THCA diamonds, they thought that was like super meth. So oh, yeah. it was it was a night. You look you look like a Las Vegas police officer's worst nightmare if you're just rocking meth in the open out on the strip, man. You're, you're a liability. So our 510 wax carts, uh, they're made of stainless steel. All our stuff CNC'd, um, precision machined. Like you said, we have the built-in dab tool in the mouthpiece. Drop in a couple of grains of rice. Don't go too crazy and overfill it. And try and get it down right onto the coil in with the tool. Put it all back together. And then when you dab, just try and hold it upright as much as best as you can. But you're off to the races, really, after that. Um, okay, one second here. Let's get her twisted back on. All right, y'all. So all I do here, piece twisted on. Oh, get these threads lined up. There we go. There we go. So nice there. I got the dab in there. How long do I hold it? Oh, look at the cloud. I would say go for a full blink and go for another blink because it might take the first shot through to basically give it a heating cycle where you can still pull but it'll give it a better spread onto the coil wow that yeah. was good the the, fir the first the first breath i got terps yeah. it, it literally hit it immediately mitch it tasted like a low temp like you know when you do a low temp dab or a cold start and it's not actually hot and it barely heats in that first as soon as you cap it, it like yeah. oh damn that tastes like that that was fucking good like, man that was good wow that was actually a dab on the go um, I gotta get some, <coughs> let me get some more oil in here, man. That was that was really good. Yeah, and they're and they're cheap too. They're they're I think in the U.S. are like twelve bucks or eleven bucks each, and we actually create them. So the top piece and the middle body to clean them, you just take off the mouthpiece. You'd pop off the little rubber grommet. Keep that mm -hmm. aside. And then you literally just throw this and the middle piece into isopropyl alcohol. Yeah, couple yeah. minutes, it'll clean itself right off. Take it out, and that part's shiny. The bottom right, part with the coil in it, that part you can't douse, unfortunately. There's a little cotton ball in there that keeps the anode and cathode and meh, 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 technical terms, but basically stops it from getting short circuited. <laughs> and so you can't get that wet. However, so that's where this that's where this comes into play. Exactly. So we create a three pack of just the quartz tank. So once you have the tops, you can just cycle those out. Um, and those a three pack of those is just another 12 bucks. So it's a and really long, easy how, way to get all your how data. How long do those usually last? I know it's going to vary based on how much someone uses it, but for, if you you're, know, if you're a steady user, but a conscientious user of just making sure you're not abusing it, You'll probably get about a month out of a cart for like solid use of of, of straight going at it for from a quartz tank, yeah. And that's and that's like like that is like your tool is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Man. I like it because I like it, I like it for a couple of reasons. Um, it doesn't look like a traditional vape. Number one, um, the uh, carts break, carts shatter. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Vape carts break when they fall in the cement. That's a, that's a fact. I've had, I've had vapes break in my pocket from, from, I don't know how, but they did. And so this thing, this, the, the it's titanium or what, what's the metal on this? Stainless steel. Stainless steel. So the stainless steel, obviously not going to break. So the, and then the other part of it being slim, 
I, I feel like it's this is a lighter than most batteries. Like, yeah, they're li- they literally feel the same with the exception of the stainless steel top. So, um, and I don't, I love the fact that it's not going to roll around. It, it's also pretty dope because let's see, just because I can do this here, I've got I've got a Buddy's brand cannabis drive terpene vape cartridge here. Let's go ahead and give her a good old Ripperuski. I'm not gonna lie. I just said Ripperuski. I'm high off the dab. What what the hell's going on here? I was gonna G check you for it, but I let it slide. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> nice. I like it. That's pretty solid. If you're a vapor and you want clouds, that was on the lowest heat setting, and that was some solid clouds right there. <clears throat> also, the vape tastes great. Obviously, <clears throat> good product, but you still need a good hardware to be able to hit it on the lowest temperature. What is the voltage on the lowest temp again? 2.6. So 2.6. It's even lower than most. Sorry, I've got a battery I just here. You. It's 2.8. 2.8? <laughs> yes. 2.8. Either way, 2.8, great. This one right here, 3.3 is the lowest. To me, you got to get down to that 2.8, and I think you guys hit it right on the mark. Um, I actually have a couple more little things here. I don't know what these are. What are When you guys send out packs, what are these? What's in here? So we recommend – if you've ever had your cartridge and it's like – or you have a couple cartridges and they're laying on the table – and they will start to crystallize or anything of that nature. We made a cartridge holder that we CNC'd out of a block, single block of aluminum. Um, yeah, these are, these things are awesome. So hold six carts. Uh, it does a couple of things. One, it keeps the carts out of the sunlight. So you can't have mm. UV degradation of your concentrate. Uh, in addition so cool. to that, your cart tips will stay off the ground. So they're more sanitary. But your cartridge is stored standing straight up, which prolongs the life of your cartridge by helping it avoid crystallization and ensuring that the concentrate is right up against the input of the atomizer when you need it right away. Mm-hmm. If you have to pick up a card on its side and, you know, you've seen those four dots and like two of them are just like, help me, help me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's avoiding that situation. I love Mitch. How many carts do you have hidden in some drawer or some pocket of a like, backpack? I just, I think I have like thirteen in a drawer right now. <laughs> so, and they're all like, they're all crammed in one little box that does hold them up. But if I open that drawer, the box falls over. So, uh, yeah, I need, I need, I need to get on, man. I definitely. This is super dope, man. Yeah, and I remember you telling me that when we linked up, you created this to help you declutter, right? Yeah, I had I had an insane amount of I, I probably shouldn't say how many cards I had, but there was there was there was there was significant <laughs> amount of cards <laughs> on my desk, and uh, it was just wild, man. So I had these like shipping ones that I used to get them from our suppliers, and I ended up just having this like matrix and this huge array of all these things, and it it was it drove me insane, and so. Straight up, I just was like, I need to deal with this. And there's a reason why it's made also out of aluminum. So I 3D printed the first ones in my office. So in my, so I'm in my house right now. This is my bedroom. Uh, in my in my office, there's a 3D printer on my desk that we used our Form Labs too. And so I 3D printed a whole bunch. I, I and right away, but 
you need to be careful when you do that and you 3D print them because 3D printed plastics are not typically food safe. The mm. PLA material actually has microstructures that invite bacteria and viruses um, mm. and allow them to stay. And so there's a strong reason why you don't want to use 3D printed, like there's food safe ones, just so long as it's food safe, it's fine. But yeah, most I'm of sure them I imagine that's probably more expensive. Yeah, 100%. So I just went for it. I was like, look, if, if somebody wants to take care of nice stuff, it's, it's I'm going to make it out of aluminum. It'll last them forever, and off we go. <laughs> so it looks like actually like a car block is where I think my, my inspiration came from. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Mitch, I'll have to send you, uh, I'll have to send you the other one that I have too here um, to help you to help you with that. But I think that's super ingenious. And to be real, I don't know if I told you this before, but I feel like dispensaries should be buying custom ones like of these from you guys by the bulk load to help display their cartridges uh, yeah. out there. For yeah, I, I love that because I mean, just your, your designer and I'm taking is your workspace was cluttered. And so you needed a way to clean that. And then ultimately you were able to design a product you could sell, man. That's like, uh, that's like yeah. poetry right there. <laughs> but, I wish I told him, I told, when he told me this, I was like, God, I wish my brain worked like that at all. Like, I just so, don't I don't see the world and then have the ability with my hands to make things. It's so crazy. Yeah, I appreciate that. I got a lot of help. I got a lot of help. You know, the designer that worked with me, Jasmine So, she helped me design out the 510 device, and she was great. Now working with the new designer, Hadass Green, she's amazing as well. Um, get a lot of help from my team, like Damini, as you know, as she reached out, and Stefano, our customer support. So I... I'm a very fortunate person that's afforded the space to just be creative <laughs> to do it happen. And as we made the 510 battery, we wanted to extend it to wax concentrates and it works for all concentrates. We say waxes, but it's really the dab cartridge. Mm -hmm. you know, it works with sauces, diamonds, everything works on it. Um, yeah. And it just made, it made sense. You know, it'll make sense now to attack a couple other formats, like making sure people have some dry herb abilities and some other such things that uh, are getting in the in the works right now. But we're going to go beyond that. And I'm working on something else that I really hope really changes the entire industry for the whole world and just helps people understand how to use cannabis better. Mm -hmm. you know? And so I spend a lot of time thinking about that right now in the future. And we're going to be at Hall of Flowers in Santa Rosa. And we so hey, there we go. Um, we're going to we're going to step up and meet some new friends. We've got uh, we were just at the 710 event in July with Mary Jane. Thank you. Shout out them. Uh, and now we're going to hit up Hall of Flowers and check it out and expand. And then we're going to ride that into MJ BizCon up in uh, up in on what the month is that October? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's exciting, my man. So definitely. I just opened up. Uh, I just opened up the one of the battery packs. I believe this is the smaller one of the two. Yeah. Um, I know. At the earlier in the conversation, you you know you mentioned that this the the Toki. Where did I put the thing? Where did I put the device? So the Toki Five Ten. Uh, you mentioned that is one of the only, if not the only, device in the world that has the recharging capabilities. The only Five Ten one that I've discovered. There's some yeah. bigger like dab rig, like vape rigs and stuff that have it. But when it comes to 510 consumption, we're the only people yeah. that have been with it. And then for for that, 
how do you go about creating the power banks and getting them to communicate and all that kind of stuff? You, I mean, you don't got to break it down into all the science, but you're the only one. So you clearly think that this is extremely important in that, and that, uh, you know, like going back to the cell phones, I mean, everybody carries a power bank and the charging cord for their phone. So walk us through that and how people should be thinking about and treating this. It's just about being purposeful, you know, and, when I was at that action camera company to answer this question, I got to go all the way back there quickly. I didn't expect, I came out of school and I had some mentors, but it was the first time I really designed something in the world. And it ended up selling in 41 countries with like hundreds of thousands of units. But you celebrate that the first year, but the second year and the third year, you've now experienced a product cycle. You see the tail end of them and you see where they end up. And you see that they end up in a landfill and you learn that your decisions drastically impact hundreds of thousands of things every year. Hmm. And that's a responsibility. And so to answer your question, when we created the device to mimic a mobile phone's powertrain, inherently mobile phone powertrains also come with certain ancillary devices that are useful and beneficial. And the power bank solved the problem I was telling you before of your lighter running out and not having one. And so I knew also that a lot of people just didn't even know they had wireless charging on their own phone. And so most people, a lot of people still to this day don't know they have wireless charging. And I had so, no clue until you're telling me that. <laughs> and so we created the power bank, you know, we designed it so that you line up the name through the hole, find it on my own camera. Come on here. And then once that's all done, you press the button on the side and it'll turn on. So that's all pressed now. There you go. Um, So it'll start wireless charging once it's all aligned. You can have something charging wirelessly and plug something in. So it also has a regular USB plug, so anybody can chug it in. But speaking about being purposeful, going back to where the roots of our our experience, you just stack this on the back of your phone, and now my phone's wireless charging as well. And so now we have something that generally helps people to use it, don't want it to end up in a in a in a bin. You know, that that there was a Fitbit effect in the wearable technology world where people were just creating devices that were instantly being thrown in the into drawers mm-hmm. um so I, I just i have a genuine fear of wanting to avoid that and also there's an, another benefit in canada there's very strong marketing regulations on what i can and cannot market and then to the u.s as well like on instagram for example i can't put up ads of my pen of my battery Mm-hmm. And so I can put up ads on my power bank and here's a free one for all our competitors. And now I have extra visits to the top of my sales funnel. So, you know, it's got some extra benefits as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this as our on the go solution. And we also have uh, an at home solution, which is a charging pad. Uh, so I have one beside my bed. I have one on my desk and my studio here. I can easily just put my pen down or my phone anywhere I go. And my shit's always ready to go. It's great. And you and you create? Did you create? Did you create these two? Uh, we worked with a partner uh, that, to create those. Yeah. Nice, nice. I love it. Is it. 
where do you see the majority of your guys' sales at being located in Canada? Are you selling stateside, Canada, globally? Where, where's the majority of your guys' uh, sales coming from? So the majority of my business sales are in Canada. We're expanding very well here. We've expanded a Eastern Canada rep, a Western Canada rep. Uh, shout out Rebecca Bennett. Shout out Kevin Snell. Get in touch with either of them if you wanna if you wanna if you want to talk to us at sales at mytoki.com. Um, and they're really smashing it first and helping us grow. In e-commerce in the U.S. is where we're the strongest. Uh, it seems to obvious make the obvious sense. And we're also now nascent in the U.K. with some new partners out there, which we'll be announcing soon. Uh, so super excited about that. And yes, dude. Thank you, bro. And so the European side's even growing now as well. And it's just such a growing market. And so to have things that really help people in a place like this just feels like it's going to be fun forever. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love your passion. I love your energy for this, man. I love this. Yeah. So what is uh, it, you know, Sorry, to co to go from, again, to staying on that Canada versus the States, you know, and you said you spent some time out here for conferences and, and you've traveled globally. Explain a little bit of the differences of just cannabis in general between Canada and the U.S. that, that, that you've been uh, made aware of through your, your experiences. So California is the most advanced in a lot of segments. And in Canada, we legalized much after that. And so there's this there's a there's a very obvious wave that occurs, um, and there's certain cycles that happen in all locations. And typically speaking, most people are at one point on that wave. Mm. California is in its own place that's just so advanced. You you know when I was in California two years ago, that's when I was first being told solventless hash is what's 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 the most amazing thing on the planet. You know. Um, but here, people are starting to learn about concentrates. And so what they did is they legalized dry herb first in wave 1.0. And then in wave 2.0 came edibles and concentrates. Or sorry, edibles and 510 carts and disposables. So there was a lag in access to these other formats, which really drove forward a narrative on dry flower. But like any great smart plan nothing was perfect and you know things were expensive the packaging's ridiculous the marketing uh restrictions and regulations are strong <laughs> i don't want to be too critical need i talk to the government about something one day but the, the, the point is is uh that could have been a lot more helpful to the industry deploying larger of course i mean you can you can make that critique of anything i'm allowed sure. to smoke weed in the country i come from some people are just doing the best they can fuck it is what it is you know sure. and so um i think what's interesting though is now people are starting to understand five tens and what happens is you typically have a beginner an intermediate or an advanced cannabis user regardless of what format they're using or they're a non-user. But let's say, for example, you're a non-user of concentrates, but you love dry flower. Well, now you're just going to, you, you have a whole other path to be a beginner, intermediate, advanced on, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then if you wanted to do edibles or drinks, it's almost the same thing. You have to kind of go through that route. And 
that's where we found the 510 format really fits for people that are intermediate and advanced and wax concentrates fits for people that are advanced and California covers the whole gamut. So your guys' weed is much stronger. <laughs> you guys, it, it's much easier to get consistent, stronger weed out there. The other thing that happened here, further to your guys' conversation earlier about craft and paths and uh, all that stuff, is the bigger companies had a very difficult time being consistent with cultivars at good, consistent THC delivery percentages. They overbit how much they could deliver, and you one week you'd get fifteen percent, the next week it'd be twenty one. If you if you found shit over twenty percent for a while there, you were happy. Like I'm talking that level of lower expectations. Yeah. And then I was in like my room in L.A. smoking this thirty two percent white fire that it was back to like I smoked one bowl and it blew my mind. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so so that leads me to ask that leads me to ask a couple like smoking questions because we've got questions in the inter the uh it, you know about what the industry and and the the cannabis products out there are like so um you know obviously you're you're buying dabs you're smoking there's vapes there's i think there's edibles out there now too right um what are some of the products that you you're buying out there what are some i guess is there any good brands that you can shout out or any particularly good items that you've had um yeah. and are there any dispensaries that you can you know you feel comfortable kind of you know shouting out as well if you've been uh, to any definitely so welcome to canada for anybody who's never been before we have some beautiful dispensaries and brands one out west that i love is black market they have a black cherry punch, I believe, or black cherry. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like top shelf. If you're in a dispensary trying to find yourself an eighth, that eighth is not your street $10 a gram. You're probably talking about 15 to 12, 15 bucks a gram, mm -hmm. $15 a gram on something like that. Uh, we have some really nice animal face lately um, coming from a company called Caramel. We have a nice Mac one coming from a company called citizen stash. Uh, so we're, 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 we got, so we got some skills and the consistency is coming back in now. Yeah. Um, but the quality is really there in the traditional market, correct? That's where it yeah. for Canada is seeing a lot of the best ca uh, cannabis for them is the traditional market and some of those brands. Some of it. Yeah. And definitely, but I think it's also like an infrastructure problem. I'll get some live resin right that's like or even some live rosin and it's like brittle when it shows up and it's supposed to be a sauce you know and or for a long time i'd be getting packaging with popcorn nugs or with dry herb in it and just things that really make you not want to stay in the legal industry you know oh, 100, yeah 100 percent. i think that's that's something that we're all we're going to see until the the end of time now that cannabis is legal is uh, an influx of lower quality product that is always going to be just cycling through from, from the brands to just get it out to the, you know, get it out to the masses, you know, mm -hmm. to get it out, see what happens to whatever, whatever can be made. But some people that give a shit, man, thrive cannabis, the guys that make gray beards stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I've been in the Afghani drifter room, bro. And those man, the, the 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 structures on those plants that they had was amazing and it was just so gooey on your like little touch and 
Yeah. It was awesome. So they've got they've got some skill and we're getting some repeats in. And those guys have a beautiful store called Thrive Cannabis, which is actually direct from their LP. So they're allowed to sell direct from from their grow out the door. And nice. they take so all their buds in their jars are all the top knots. Mm. So they start there and they start every single top knot goes into a quarter jar. So you can buy the top knot if you want, knowing what it is. And then they go down for the buds. And then obviously the shake and the rest get into the pre-rolls. But there's like there's several companies doing that. I also just picked up uh, Flower. I was looking forward to trying this out. I have a friend on their team uh, who I respect a lot. She's a, she's a very intelligent uh, person. But BC Black Cherry from them. Uh, it's looking pretty good. Nug sizes were decent. Um, I, I, I blasted through most of it already. <laughs> Oh, the show. we got to show the people some Canadian bud. Here we go, everybody. Yeah. Tap in. Yeah. Look at it. Let's see what we can get up on that guy. There we go. That's okay, man. As long as, yeah, see, that looks nice and light green. I see some hairs. So, yeah. What's it smell like? Uh, it smells a bit earthy. It smells a bit, uh, it smells good. It smells a bit earthy and a bit pungent, like, um, like easily a bit. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Oh, so, man. That's super dope, man. Seeing some Canadian weed. I actually visited Vancouver. I got, I have a Canadian uh, medical card for one dispensary up there. Um, went and visited there the next year as well. Super dope. The pricing, comparable, quality. Uh, you know, it reminds me, uh, when I went, this was 2018 and 19. I'm sorry, 17 and 18. And the, the, the quality was definitely there. The flavors were there. The tripping profiles were there. Um, the accessibility was there. It just, like you said, I think the potency was a little lacking in terms of what I'm used to. But if that, you know, if, if you're used to smoking certain weed in an area and that's the quality that you're associated to and what, what you're, what you're, uh, what you're familiar with, that's, it was good weed. I bought like five strains. So yeah, definitely. I was happy. Hey, look, though, there's definitely going to be somebody right now that is sitting there being like strong THC percentages aren't everything. OK, so I have something to say about that. Yes, you are correct. Strong percentages aren't everything. Halo effect, extra cannabinoids, terpenes that you want. Sure. But you show me something under 20 percent that hits me as hard as something over 26, 27 percent. And I'll agree with you. But every single store I walk into and I ask any bud tender that question, they have never given me an answer that says, okay, I believe everything other than this massive jump in THC percentage is what's yeah. going to really get it going. You know, bud tender education, smoke shop education, um, gosh, just overall consumer education. I think that's, that's really a big barrier right now. People using products incorrectly, not getting the full experience, not being able to, uh, to inform the customers how to smoke something correct or in the best way. Hey, this strain may be best for this because it breaks down like this. Hey, this one may be best served in this kind of device. Hey, this one's good for, you know, the uh, the herb, uh, the herb device versus maybe, you know, maybe this one's better in the wax device. Like there's so many different things that these bud tenders are getting hit with. And there's just a lot of products too. I know dispensaries down here have like seven, 800 different, different items. Washington is pretty, pretty extensive. Uh, the Oregon ones that I are not Oregon, the, uh, the Canadian ones up there in Vancouver, when, at least when I went there, they had, you know, upwards of 300, 400 products. At least that's what it looked like to me. Um, it's, it's just so much. Um, now before, before we get out of here, I did want to 
because uh, I know Mitch doesn't have one of these products, so I gotta get I got him get get him some of these. Where can people buy the different Toki products? Is it all e-com? Are there? I know you said here in the state that's pretty much e-com. In in Canada, where can people specifically go in some of the bigger regions? Maybe some of the bigger partners you have uh, yeah. to pick some stuff up. So in Canada, we've got some great national partners with um, in, in the West Coast. I think they're coming in the East Coast now with Dutch Love. We're on with Tokyo Smoke. We have some great uh, smaller shots. This great spot, Burb, in Vancouver on the West Side. Oh, sorry if it's not in Vancouver. Uh, mm -hmm. Over in Toronto, we've got some great spots. Axis Smoke. Mihi, Cory Cannabis this is this beautiful black-owned shop, and they have the, this awesome display inside. Um, and uh, and we've got some spots in the U.S. as well. Uh, their, their names only escape me, but we've got a location in Chi-Town. We've got one moving into Georgia. And this is really where we're now going to make an attack in Q3 uh, this this year is, is to grow that one out. And that's why we're hitting up all the trade shows. But anybody oh, yeah. can buy e-com uh, off our site, and we'll, we'll ship. Uh, we'll ship our products coming from Canada Canadian company. We got uh, mytoki.com, M-Y-T-O-Q-I.com. And you can you can order from there. And for our American Ruds, we've got a special promo code for you. So you can just add special promo, respect my region. Uh, it's all one word. And you'll get 15% off from now yeah. to the end of September. Uh, so, we, yeah, help you guys out. But we love all you guys' peeps as well. And we want to give them support. So Appreciate you. MyToki.com, everybody, man. Make sure you guys go check that out. Mitch, tap in. we got to get some of these battery packs so we always stay tapped in and sourced up. I have the device right here. It's now fully charged, green, and ready to go, so you know I'm going to stay locked and loaded. Everybody, tap in at MyToki on Instagram. Go follow us at respectmyregion.us. We're going to be uh, using these items. I'm going to be having this on me everywhere I go for the next few months. The dabbing on the go with the wax cartridge. Uh, I've got the, uh, where'd it go? There it is. We've got the Toki cartridge holder, man. It's just super cool. I very much appreciate having you on the show, Drew. Thank you. Oh, yeah. It was very much an honor to learn about, you know, what inspired you and to hear a bit about your background. And I really hope that people that listen to this can be inspired to go create things and that really help people and also have, you know, impact on the world that isn't just clogging up, you know, uh, <laughs> the the dumpsters and the trash and all that stuff, man. To create some things that are really helping people. So Fast, man. thank thank you, brother. Thanks for the space. Have a great night. You guys, everybody, this is episode six of the North American Weed Tour. Make sure you guys go tap in at mytoki.com. Follow them at mytoki on Instagram. Mitch. Mytoki. You we just we just took you to Toki Town, man. What do you think? Man, impressed. Definitely love the story. You know me, I'm a sucker for a narrative. You know, that's what really ties me to to really enjoy things beyond just us being marketers and um, that being a big part of marketing and what we do for a living. I just mm -hmm. also love stories, you know, as, as a consumer. Like, you know, that's what can, I connect to brands. That's why I connect to people, right? Like, why I, I feel like I share such deep connections with people is there's something with their story I connect with or empathize with or enjoy or inspired by whatever so i just love his experience uh what a journey to cannabis it's such a beautiful thing it's it's crazy he mentioned it you know how he was designing things and cannabis was used in his design process and he couldn't even speak about it at his day job due to judgment i think that's something where a lot of us come from that have been in this 
in this space or a consumer for many years. Um, so I just love hearing those stories about people that use cannabis and are now able to just speak about it. And, and something that we took, for, you know, that we, that we don't seemingly he doesn't and I know I don't or you don't take for granted. Um, so beautiful thing about that. I like the device. I haven't, like I said, I don't have it. I haven't tried it. I definitely look forward to trying it. We, we get a lot of vape stuff in the mail and a lot of people work on vape stuff, which is, and there's a lot of great stuff out there, but, um, you know, I feel like a lot of things are just cash grabs or ideas of how to make money off of cannabis. Let's go the ancillary route. Um, sounds like he really came in with like, a, a just a, a, a purpose in this space. Um, and yeah, it looks like absolutely. it's on the product. So, so excited to try it. It's a premium, it's a premium device. The, the, the power banks, the, the different accessories. I, I personally relate a little bit more to something like this than a PAX because I can get my traditional vape experience with the 2.8 voltage uh, 510 for all of my vapes, whether it's distillate or live resin or rosin, and then being able to charge it on the go. Like, like he said, having one on the go, having one at home, plugged in, ready, whatever it is. To me, that's how I operate. I got chargers all over the house. So I think I feel like the the psychology behind treating it more like a cell phone or how it's really attached at your hip like that, I think that was genius. And I think that's really what separates it. Um, you know, I'd like I'd like to see it become um, more accessible, affordable, affordability wise. I know we didn't talk much about price point uh, during the episode. I think it's not the place to talk about price point, but um, that's, it's not like, it's not like that's what's keeping me from buying it. Right. But I think that's, what's going to keep the most people from getting it is it's not one of these cheap $8 gas station batteries. And it's not trying to be that this is something that is going to be around. Uh, I think, I believe we got one of these maybe two years ago and I just plugged it in and it worked and was using it. And then this one we opened on, you know, brand new here on the show. Um, I think that's impressive. I opened a lot of batteries or used the battery a year ago, tried it again the next year and they just haven't worked and who knows why. And I can't, I can't tell you how many different complaints I get about batteries right. in the vape space all right. the time. And so this being premium, I'm going to stress test it. Everybody tap in, stay tuned. I'm going to be doing some vape reviews. The next uh, probably at least five vape reviews that I do, I'm going to make sure that we use in this battery. So tap in, make sure you guys like, follow, and subscribe. This is the North American Weed Tour podcast. This is episode six. We had Drew Henson from, from Toki out of Toronto. Um, super cool, man. Really, really appreciate having him on. Mitch, thank you for your time. We have more podcasts coming down the line. Uh, if you guys are interested in being on the show, any cannabis brands in Canada uh, or the United States, we would love to uh, to just get in contact with y'all. We want to showcase the culture. Uh, we've got stuff coming up in Washington, Oregon, Oklahoma, Illinois, Massachusetts, Vegas. Mm, I'm forgetting other places. There's just a lot of places that I'm forgetting. So Manitoba, I got someone from Canada, another person from Canada coming in hot. It's going to be dope. Yeah. Um, so to everybody, just tap in. Tap in, tap in, tap in. I love you guys. Mitch, get us get us on out of here. We're out. North American Weed Tour Podcast, Episode 6. Peace. Love you guys. Peace.